0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Weekly, episode 64. We're talking about flatheads and not Lyle. (coughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) But uh, we'll we'll be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, it's about that time of the year, um, what we do, where we're targeting them, um, kind of bait we use, rigs that we use, you know, changing it up a little bit, uh, if we do anything different for, for targeting flatheads um maybe even talk about where some of the better places in the in the areas that we fish that have flatheads so um welcome everybody i know it's a little bit of a slow start right now hopefully it picks up in the chat but if you guys have any questions or you want to talk about anything with the flatheads or anything else uh, just go ahead and post it up and we'll get to talking about it but uh, right now i'll go ahead and throw it over to Chuck and let him get us uh get us rolling Chuck
1: yeah, I'm about ready for some flatheads um, it's about the time that they they even start hitting cut bait really well and uh, if the the times I really like using the cut bait is when the um, on the days when there's a whole lot of current uh, it, it seems like when the currents moving you know one and a half two mile an hour um and I'm fishing directly out in the current, it seems like they can't hone in on my live bait for some reason. And uh, I can sit there and fish, um, you know, th- three poles with live bait, three poles with cut bait, and when, when the river gets like that, um, it just seems like I do a lot better with the cut bait during those times because I guess they're able to use their other senses um you know, and if it's fresh enough cut bait, they don't have a problem with it after being dormant all winter and trying to get their energy and stuff back and feeding. But um, you know, when that current gets down below one mile an hour, um, you know, and all them whistling sounds aren't going on underwater, um, they, it's totally opposite. They they won't touch the cut bait hardly if that live bait's down there next to it, and they you can't keep a, a bluegill on. They they'll be um, you know the little seven and eight pounders—they'll—they'll they'll be knocking bluegills off off your hook bigger than your hand. They will. They'll—they'll um, they'll run the channel edge. Um, we can get out there about three o'clock, right out here beside the house, and, and fish to about seven, and not even get a bite. And then uh, starting around seven fifteen, seven thirty to about nine thirty, it's usually. Non stop action every night, you know, um, flatheads from, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 pounds. We hadn't got one over 35 pounds out here, and I think it's probably because of the, uh, there's so many of them. I think that um, by them being so op- overpopulated, it's probably hurting their, um, that, you know, they're not getting the food that they need, uh, and that. Yeah it it seems like they're also competing they they run they run in packs because usually when we get a double uh we'll catch like 213s at the same time or 217s at the same time or uh you know a 25 and a 28 around the same time so I just don't know what it is about them wanting to stay paired up in about the same weight range but it may be just a coincidence but that, that's how it's been happening for us um we didn't get the fish out here much last year. Uh we had so much going on, but the year before last that's how it was working out for us.
0: It seems but, uh, would, would you th- would you say it seems like in the springtime, I don't know if maybe the fall as well, but the springtime uh is you know they they say that that uh early morning and the 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 sunset and sun um sunrise and sunset are like the times where the flatheads in the spring seem to be most active and then th- through the summer it's more it could be you know later at night and
1: yeah it's it seems like you know in the springtime you got that um, to that hour before and after uh, daylight and uh, the hour b- before and after dark um uh it, it just it seems like they're I don't know if they're still going back to where they hung out during the winter and just going and feeding and going back, um, and they really had not started spreading out good yet for the spawn or what, um, but, you know, this time of year, that's that's mostly when they're hitting really well. You know, on in the summer, um, you know, my most exciting time to fish is, you know, two and three in the morning when... You know, you, you look up and down the river bank, and you see all the possums and the raccoons running around and feeding, and the beavers are swimming around and slapping their tails in the water, and it just seems like nature's just at its max at that time, um, you know, and you know, the the flatheads seem like they're, they're right there with them, um, I guess, because there's so much action going on with the, you know, the beavers and stuff going down the feed on the water and all this stuff, but... That's really exciting time for me, and um, you know, trophy flathead fishing. Um, that well, I caught a fifty-eight on Gunners Bull around that time of morning, and um, I set I set out there from about two o'clock, and he hit probably around three thirty in the morning, and um, I didn't get another bite on any other rod or anything, and he just she slammed it, and um, you know. I, since then that that time of morning has just been very exciting for me and matter of fact when when i got the bite when she when she took the rod down i was leaned back in my seat and i was watching a bunch of raccoons running around on the rock cliff right by my boat and um that that time of morning is real exciting for me when all, all this nature is going on and that if I, Leanne's want me to get her a big flathead, you know, try to put her on one. Let's go out and get her one. But you know, she she really don't like being out that time of morning. So I'm gonna have to talk her into some kind of arrangements for us to be out there that time of morning. If I think that's gonna be about the time that if she gets one, that'll that'll be it around here. There's there's just so much. It's just so hard to keep those bluegills on and. You know, we we can sit out there with uh, larger live baits, you know, 16-inch uh, uh, sucker fish and, you know, 12, 14-inch gizzard shads as long as they stay alive. Um, you know, but it just seems like we can't get bluegills big enough, um, you know, to keep the little ones off of them.
2: Well, Chuck, one thing that, that amazes me, and I've fished flatheads, I guess, my whole life, uh a, a five pound flathead can get a huge bluegill in its mouth and grab hold of that hook. And, you know as long as you don't get excited and try to try to stick him too soon, they'll eat a giant bluegill. It's amazing how big of a bait fish that them uh, smaller flatheads will take. And, and blues will take big bait too, but usually it's cut bait, but uh, a, a, a bluegill the size of my hand or bigger. Will catch a very very small flathead. Uh, they're not afraid of big baits at all. And uh, whatever is legal to use wherever you're fishing, uh, the biggest I could get is be what I'd be using.
0: Also, oh, the other yeah, uh, I can't remember if it was Chuck Luck or Charles Luck or uh, Josh Reitzman. Both both guys uh, do a lot of flathead fishing. Chuck Luck also, you know, he has a flathead Facebook page. Uh, or mon- I think it's quest for the monster catfish or something like that um you know I've fished with him a few times for for flatheads, and you know they've told me some interesting things and I guess you know it's all theory uh but it's things that they believe like uh for instance um that a flathead will will come along and he'll smack your your bluegill and kill it, and he won't eat it, he won't put it in his mouth, he won't do anything he'll just smack it and kill it. And he might come back to it five minutes later and eat it. He might come back to it 30 minutes later and eat it. And he might sit there with it in his mouth. He might not swallow it and take off running. He might smack it, you know, come back later and just sit there with it in his mouth. And and uh, they told me, uh, if, I guess you'll see a little bit of action in, in your rod tip and stuff when he does that. But, you know, it won't be uh, what you're used to as a bite or anything. And, and one of the tricks that they showed me was that uh, if they think that uh, flathead is sitting there with that bait in its mouth, what they'll do is they'll actually take their their line and just wiggle it a little bit, almost to give that fish a feel as if it's wiggling in its mouth, and it might uh, trigger that flathead to take off and, and bite down harder on that bait. And, um that, that was just one of the things that they, they had told me and I found interesting and and you know basically you got you know if you if you see that little bit of action you get you know what what looks like might have been a hit or something a lot of people want to check their bait or reel it up you know and, and or, or try to set a hook real hard you know and and that that flathead might have just came by and just smacked him and killed him he might not have it in his mouth he might not be doing anything you just have to be patient. And give it a little while.
2: Well, flatheads are notorious for for that, and and I would agree with that. I honestly think that if you put a bait near a flathead, especially in a brush pile or around a, a, a rock pile or a log or wherever they're just sitting there, I, I honestly believe they come out there just to kill it. They may not. They may just kill it and leave it. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're going to kill anything that's around them. They're extremely aggressive, and, and the only time that I know of that they're not. Is in the winter time, but uh, other than that, they'll they'll uh, they'll manhandle bait and, and big bait. I mean, it they just it, they don't seem to matter how big they are. They'll they'll kill them and maybe they'll eat them. Maybe they won't. It doesn't make any difference, but they're gonna kill whatever's around. Them.
1: Yep. Yeah, they are. Uh, you know, from the from the time um, you know they're hatched, um, you know they that. You, very rarely you'll find a, a small little flathead all the times that you've thrown a net uh, i can i can probably count on one hand how many uh flatheads i've ever seen under 10 inches long um that they live up in them mud banks they live up in them in the riprap up in the small cracks and they're at at that time, they're also ultimate predators. They're in there chasing minnows, crawfish. Um, you know, from the time they're born, that they, they are just killing things, eating live bait. So,
2: absolutely, they, they just they, they'll take anything and and, and then, uh, you know I've seen them chase snakes. Uh, you know, next to a bank a four or five pound flathead will chase a snake and 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 if they catch it, it's gone. I mean, it, they don't care.
1: Yeah, I've seen, uh, you know, stuff get hit by the bank and stuff, uh, never know what's, what hit, um, you know, but we've heard, um, about ducks, um, you know, pretty good sized ducks, um, and coots being hit, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, it it was big bass early in the morning and stuff, but, you know, I, I really believe it was large flatheads up in the sloughs and stuff, them, uh you know, especially right after the, the ducklings are hatched and, and they follow their their mother around the, the, the sloughs and stuff. And, you know, if you're camping in that area or if it's somewhere where you go back week after week, uh, you'll notice within a few weeks that, you know, at first you'll have seven and then you'll go back and she'll have four, you know, and and they all can't get right up under her tail real tight. So that seems like the ones that are right up under them, they're the survivors the ones that have to string back behind her, they're the ones that get picked off one at a time. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I believe it's got to be flatheads doing that.
2: Yeah, there ain't no bass going to take a duck. That's it, no. like that's like saying they'll get a, a, a red-winged blackbird or something sitting there. they it's not going to do it. Bass aren't, don't want to have the capacity to do that. They're, and uh, people think that's happening. They're just full of their self. That's all.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, you talk to these bass guys, there's lots, I mean, lots of bass guys around here, and, you know, they have total respect for these flatheads because they'll get out with these um, with these crankbaits and stuff, and, and them big flatheads, 20 and 30 pounds, they hit them, and, um, you know, it, it gives them a good ride, and, you know, I've talked to a few, and they love the fight and love catching them unless it's during a tournament, um you know for one they you know they want to fight them and get their uh seven or eight dollar crankback back you know but that you know they're wasting tournament time by fighting the fish during the tournament but the um if if you want to have some fun right before dark you can get a crankbait and go right out on the channel edge um You know, and you you can throw some live baits out behind the boat and drop a couple straight down. And you got both sides of your boat and out the front that you can get up there and and play with a crankbait. And we've caught plenty of seven- and eight-pound flatheads with small uh, Rapalas and stuff, Um, you know, cranking them down the side of the channel edges. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, I almost think that, again, you know, we're talking about products and stuff that would be – you know, for, for catfishing that could be made some sort of, uh, um, I guess, a s- small duck lure for flatheads. <laughs> there yes. you go. I think, I think you know, I mean, it's not going to be something that you're, you know, flatheads are already a, a tough fish to, to catch, you know, but um, I, I think that it'd be a blast if you had a little lure that was a small duck lure or something that you know, you could do it and catch one. You know, probably be like the fish of every ten, the fish of ten thousand casts or whatever. But <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll stick to bluegill and stuff like yeah. that.
0: I feel a lot um, more
2: comfortable with that. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, the this guy that uh, you know, I see a bunch of posts about um, Keith servants i think his name is he uh he uh has float tube and he'll get out and he'll he'll use these large saltwater baits uh large saltwater plastics and uh, large saltwater crankbaits and he posts a lot of large flatheads uh getting out with these float tubes and uh, if y'all haven't uh, friended him on facebook it's uh, Keith Severins, Severns, S-E-V-E-R-N-S. Um, he, he says he lives in uh, Wichita, Kansas. He gets all, he gets him uh, that uh, wet weather gear on, or whatever it is, and he'll get in that float tube and he'll get out there and he he pulls in big flatheads up his leg, sticks his leg out, and he'll take a picture of them and let them right back go. Um, and he, he catches some really good ones out there doing that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I just sent him a friend request. Um, sure did. I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen here, flyhead. <laughs> so Chuck, what's, what's, uh, your state record flathead out there? And is it something you think is going to be beat anytime soon?
1: You broke up. I didn't hear
0: you. I said. I said, "What's your state record, Flathead?" And is it something uh, you think is is going to be beatable anytime? Yes, it, it
1: it's very beatable. Uh, it, it's 80 pounds, and it's from uh, down around the I guess the Selma area on the <coughs> Alabama River. Um, it, it's more of the uh, you know, the southern Alabama. Um, yeah, it it's very beatable. Um. You know, we, you know, Jason Bridges, he he caught one a few years ago that was right at seventy, and it's been released. Um, you know, so uh, it's probably well over eighty now, and you know, no telling how many have been actually caught, and um, you know, people never knew what they had on their rod. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, now more and more people are getting the equipment to actually, you know, get these large fish in the boat. Um, or to the bank, um, so you know more more and more bigger fish are going to be getting caught.
0: Would you say that uh, Wheeler is, is going to be the spot, or is it going to be um, Gunnersville, or where, where do you think the next state record, or or some real qual, or some quality places that you go to for flatheads?
1: Uh, well, I mean, the Alabama River is an excellent place. There's lots of uh, 60s and 70s caught. Um, and, you know, it, that river's full of, you know, nice bait fish. Um, it, it's one of the places that uh, also holds skipjack, kind of like the Warrior River does. Uh, that They have passable locks uh, and stuff where, uh, you know, they're able to get skipjack all the way up to the uh, Jordan Dam at the end of the Coosa River. There, um, you know, it, it's just hard to say. Uh, down on the Alabama River, you know, that they have blue catfish down there, but I think the flatheads still dominate down there, and they're the king of the river. Um, and uh, you know, I believe, you know, that there'll be a big, one, bigger one caught there. Uh, But, you know, the the Tom Bigby also has some some very large flatheads in it also. I mean, it's just, I mean, it could happen anywhere, any of the rivers here in Alabama. The Warrior River's loaded. It's produced, it's got the state record blue catfish now at 120 pounds. Um, You know, and it's got the world record, um, you know, lock striper. Um, I mean, it was up in the 70s um so that that river holds really two good records right now and it, it also has you know plenty of um you know skip back, skip jacking it i mean it's loaded with bait fish so uh, you know that that river's not really hurting either it's it's a really good river
0: all right you got anything else uh, the,
1: yeah yeah the um the Alabama Catfish Trail will be hitting it the, the beginning of next month. Also, um, you know and that that's where the the record blue came from, um, and th- there's some really good fish up there. So that that would be a good, you know, um, a good lake if somebody wanted to travel and participate in a a really good event. Um, that would be something that they should be interested in coming and trying out.
0: I got another question for you would be, um, when you, when you're going out and you're fishing for flatheads, what do you change up in your rigs? You know, or do you use a different pole? Do you use a different action? Do you use different hooks? What's your, what's different in your rigs for for flatheading?
1: nothing not just the way I usually, uh, you know, present my bait mostly. Um, you know I, i'll still either use um you know no roll sinkers or either bank sinkers on a sinker slide which they're, they're both going to work the same way um you know it just depends on uh you know what type of current that i have on how i'm going to hook my bait but i still use the very same uh eagle claw l 2022 hooks um mm. You know it just depends on uh you know if it's heavy current, I'm gonna hook' them, uh forward so that so when the uh, they'll be facing the current and the current won't be going through their gills backwards um you know and they seem to stay alive and more you know fight and put more vibration up that way if the if the current's pretty mild a moderate current um you know I'll hook' uh. Um, in the tail, but from underneath. Um, so, so when they're swimming up, uh, but it don't it don't try to flip them over or anything. Um, you know, so there's it just depends on mostly the current. If I'm fishing the river, or the lake, I use the I use the same equipment. You know, the same line. It just, you know, it just depends on what bait and and what the current's like is how I hook them and stuff. It's the only difference.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, what about you, Lyle? Do you do
2: much for flatheading? I I love to catch flatheads. Uh, if you're tournament fishing, your chances of of getting enough, uh, flatheads in the boat in our area, uh, is, is slim to win a tournament. Uh, there's just so many more blues or the blues are easier to catch or something. I'm not sure what the deal is, but, uh, flatheads are the king of catfish. That's just the way it is. They're the most aggressive uh, day in and day out. Now, any given day, you get a 100-pound blue. That It's kind of hard to top that. But as a rule, flathead is very aggressive. And like I say, we was talking a while ago. They'll just go out and kill something and be killing it, not necessarily going to eat it. Uh, They are, for the most part, dormant in the wintertime, so nobody really fishes them around here because it gets so cold but uh, as soon as the water temperature starts warming up, and I know that guys are already catching them in our area, I just haven't been out, but uh, you can catch them on on cut bait. Uh, The success rate with live bait is far superior to to what you will do on cut bait. Uh, From my experience, uh, now that may be different with a lot of other guys, but uh, uh, we have the Missouri and the Mississippi rivers, and they're both... Very, very good places to catch a large flathead. But if you'll notice, none of the guides even talk about fishing them. They're just hard to catch. Uh, You have to approach them differently, and and they are predominantly caught at night. You can catch them in the daytime, but for the most part, you're going to catch them at night. If you get a good cloudy day when the sun's not going to be out and uh, the pressure's right and everything, and you're liable to catch a good one. But for the most part, my favorite way to set up on them is, is either. Uh, in a river bend where there's some deep water close by, and a big brush pile or log jam or a rock pile or something I know that's got a steep uh, a bank or a flat on the side of it, where uh, at the end of it somewhere has uh, uh, deep water where they can get away. They they use that for an escape, but uh, they'll they'll just run up along the banks and they'll be looking for stuff they can pick off. And bluegill is one of their their best things, so that's that's mainly what I use. Uh, works works well for me. We've also I, my biggest flathead come from below the Clarksville Dam on the Mississippi River. Uh, Cindy and I was out there one night and it was really late. I'm thinking around eleven thirty or maybe later, and um, we fishing for blues. And uh, I had brought some live bait and I threw a, p- a bluegill on there about four and a half five inches long. Uh, line went slack and I started reeling up and I like to never caught up with the old gal, but she was a giant and. Uh, uh, it, it was a great fight. The thing about them is, once you get them to the top, most of the time, the fish that I catch of any size, when they see that boat at the top of the water, they'll take you right back down. I mean, they, they're just, they like it down deep, and it's hard to get them off the bottom sometimes. But uh, And as far as equipment, um, if I'm fishing where there's going to be a lot of brush or log jams and structure and stuff, I'll usually use a heavier rod uh, I'll still use my eighty or hundred pound braid. I just after going to braid there there's never any way I'll ever go back to monofilament. I mean I just I don't even want it in a boat. Uh, I don't know how people fish without braid all them years after using it, but uh that's that's the way I feel about it when you when you get a stiff uh, a heavy action rod, uh extra heavy power rating. And he takes off on you, and you lay it on him, and and he's trying to get you in a brush pile. You got enough rod and less, enough stuff to keep him out of there. It, it gets pretty exciting, and and business picks up pretty quick. And that's what I like about them. They're just, they're tough fighters. Even a five or ten, fifteen pound flathead is is, they're a bear. They they're mean. They they don't want to come to the boat, and uh, until you wear them down, they're not going
0: to. Yeah, we've we've got a couple. Uh, Jason Kentner said that he'll be fishing with Keith Severns on uh, the coming up weekend while he's working in Kansas and he'll be fishing out of a kayak and he'll be using his uh Vibes blade baits. He catches several flatheads a year on them, vertical jig- jigging as well as casting them. Uh Jason, if you got a link to any of those, if you could put it up for everybody so that way they can maybe check them out and maybe give it a shot as well. Um Jason
2: Kittner is an animal. I mean, he'll fish anywhere, anytime. If he's not working, he's probably fishing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. My kind of guy, then.
2: Absolutely. i tell you, I don't know if they know each other or not, but he puts me in the mind of Jason Mathena. If Jason Mathena is not working or he's not doing something with Jamie, he's in a boat someplace. He's fishing and and uh, Jason Kittner the same way he just you know them guys if they ever get together tournament fish together the rest of us are in trouble I'm afraid <laughs> um, one other thing I'd like to mention and I'll try to re- remember to do this at the end of the show Rob Claude Felder, uh, from Whisker Wear Apparel contacted me and they have experienced some difficulties in the printing process of his shirts so if you placed an order with Rob or Whiskerwear Apparel don't get excited they're, they're tr- getting this fixed, and they'll get your orders out just as quickly as they can. He'll be contacting you and letting you know what's going on, but don't get excited. They, they've just had a little printing problem. They're getting it fixed, and
0: they'll be getting them shirts out to you just as quick as they can. I mean, if you're all out of clothes, and you ordered one, and you like you're like, Wednesday's the last day, and I'm going to be naked <laughs> after that, you might want to go to Walmart. <laughs> Goodwill. But don't worry, folks. Rob will take care of you. He's he's the take-care-of-you kind of guy that he is. I, I did get a message on Facebook uh, from Denise and Brian. Um, they said the Kanawha River is great for flatheads on cut, skip, jack, uh, or filleted in, in May. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, too. And, and around me, um, we've got a few places, Cataract, Monroe, White River, the Ohio River, those are all good, good flathead locations. Our, our Indiana state record flathead is 79 pounds, 8 ounces. It was uh, caught in 1966, so it's it's been a long-standing record. Um, a lot of people think that it's going to be broken. They think it's going to be broken in one of those places that I just said, probably uh, like Cataract, Monroe, or the White River, uh, more so than the Ohio. But one of those... Uh, one of those areas down there, they're thinking that sometime soon that's going to be broken.
1: What would you say the record was again?
0: 79.8 in Indiana for a flathead. And that was 1966.
1: Wow, that's a pound less than Alabama. Yeah, it's pretty much equal, except, you know, there's a couple of states that have some over 100, but, you know, pretty much, um, you know, Eighty pounds is about, you know, the a, a, a probably maximum trophy, um, you know, that I've seen. I
0: have. I do know the Maumee as well. The Maumee up in northern Indiana, uh, the bordering between Ohio, and Indiana, is also a great flathead river. I've uh, I've never fished it. It's one of the places I'd love to go and fish too, because I've heard, I've seen pictures of some giant flatheads from that area. Uh, and yeah, um, sixty-six to seventy-five. Uh, Scott Woody asks uh, when the flatheads start to spawn. Um, so yeah, about sixty-five to seventy-five in that area. Um, different, I believe, different size fish will spawn. I believe the smaller fish will start spawning earlier than the larger fish. Um, at least that's what uh. Another Jason told me today, so it's
1: 67 uh, already on my river. 67 degrees already.
0: And as far as how long it lasts, again, I think that's it's going to be more relative to the size of the fish. It might be a whole month, you know, that the you could say that they're on spawn. Um, normally, it's uh, at least a few weeks. And Jason says he loves, loves, loves the Maumee. Jan's Netcraft carries the Vibes along with another brand. Uh, they're also the same as Silver Buddies or Cicada type blade blade baits. Yeah, the Glenn Simpson. Uh, it, it's a controversial controversial record because there's no no pick to prove. Uh, that it ever even existed and everything and there's it is controversial for Indiana but it's what it is it's in the book right now so it's there there was one guy I believe a few years back that thought he had a uh, 85 pound um, flathead but come to find out he had inaccurate scales and it was a 66 pound flathead Ohio record flathead is seventy-six and a half pounds. Well, while we're while we're sitting here, um, we had uh, the contest for this week, the caption contest. We're really getting a kick out of this. It's been a fun little contest. People are putting some funny little comments up. Um, Jason Big Cat Mathenia with eleven votes is going to be the winner for this. For this week on on Lyle's photo, he's gonna win the the entire set the the large, medium, small, and mini, and along with the uh, uh, bobber stop applicator and a refill package of the bobber stops. Um, I'll get a hold of you and I'll get your um, address and I'll get it mailed out to you. And hopefully you can get to put them to use and and you like them and everything. And I did, I did not get the video of the guy showing you how to use them and everything ready for this week. I've been really busy. But I will do it. I did talk to the guy, and he did tell me that everything was set up for my revealing of the the special that I was going to give everybody. So if you go to Clearly Outdoors, and I'll, I'll put a link in the um I'll put a link in the chat box there, but clearly Outdoors is the website where you guys could buy these bobbers and the bobber stops and everything. And if you go and you purchase anything and you put in a special code, and this is just for me and for Catfish Weekly people and, and everything, put in the code FUD, F-U-D, capital letters, and you'll get free shipping. That's the special deal that I had, and I wanted to, to make sure that he had it ready before I told you guys. Uh, so, um, if you go and you order some, they're great bobbers. Uh, like I said, he was selling the absolute crap out of them at this place. Uh, I mean, every person that seen them and, and and listened to him pretty much bought them. He was a really, really good product. Um, I did give Heath his winning uh, package this weekend. Uh, remember I, just a,
2: ahead. I just got a message on Facebook that somebody... Uh, got shut down. We'll, well, a couple of you guys let us know if uh, on chat if everything's still going uh, because I still have it up.
1: I, mean, I get I got some from two or three minutes ago
2: on mine. I got one from just now, yeah. and glad go. So I, I'm guessing he's just got problems. Well, I we know that he
0: does. <laughs>
1: yeah, we got, we got bad weather down this way also. So.
0: He he has major problems. Well, I would agree with that, but he's a really good guy.
2: <laughs> uh, right. and, and he messes with you. And that's cool, too. But yeah, yeah. we were talking about the contest. That that contest has is, is really been a lot of fun. I know we had a good time with, with when Chuck's thing up there, and I enjoyed the guys this week talking about different things and stuff, so uh, it really has been a lot of fun. Uh, for, from my perspective, it's been one of the one of the better contests that we've had. Uh, I've enjoyed it myself uh, a lot. Yeah, everybody else is going. It's just just he. So he'll have to figure that out on his own. By the way, uh, I thought I'd let you guys know that uh, on a rod and reel, Missouri's 77.8 ounces on Montrose Lake. That's uh, uh, the state record, and uh, of course. Doesn't really matter to me, but the bank pole record is ninety nine pounds. If uh, anybody's interested in that, but uh, which I am not. But Rotten reel seventy seven point eight, and and there's a lot bigger flatheads than that in the waters we have. They just for some reason. Uh, that's what I'm saying. When, when we talked a while ago about about uh, uh, what you use. Uh, if you're going after flatheads, they're going to be in a structure of some kind, and you better have the equipment to get a big fish in if you want a big fish because they'll break you off, they'll get you into stuff and tie you up, and uh, this all kinds of stuff can happen. So you've got to be uh, set with the kind of equipment it takes to get them kind of fish in and out. Yep,
0: definitely. And uh, <coughs> they routinely like to to take you immediately down into things. So a lot of the people that fish for flatheads, they they really want a stiff rod that they can muscle that fish turn it around almost immediately and and not let them pull them underneath the structure and get them hung up cuz a flathead absolutely loves to do that. Well, you know, if
2: no, if nobody minds, I would like to expand a little bit uh, on on what I particularly use, um, yep. what I'm using is seven and a half or eight foot uh, heavy action triple X heavy power rated rods for flatheads, and and maybe that's overkill, but these things is are sensitive enough. You can tell if they're picking your bait up and just sitting there playing with it, or if they take off with it. But with that 7.5 or 8 foot rod, if they take off to go to that brush pile with that 100 pound braid, and I'm on those rods, uh, when I'm flathead fishing, I'm using a G30 Pfluger Contender. Now, they don't make them anymore, but if you hold it uh, right up next to a, a PIN uh, 320 GTI, it is virtually the same. In fact, I'm sure it's the same exact thing. I mean, they're, they're just that close. But you can tighten that drag down. And you can put the hoe to them, and you can get them turned around uh, if you're having problems with something. that is Something to that effect is what you need. Uh, a 1530 line class rod that you fish channel cat with is not going to stop a 20- or 30-pound flathead. If he's taking you into the brush, you're going into the brush. Whether you like it or not, you got to have the equipment to stop him. So... Uh, uh, that's what I use, and and I really like the eight footers over the seven six, just simply because it's six more inches of 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 power that I can lay on his butt when if I need to, and if you don't, you, you know, you don't have to use all that because the first the first third of the rod blank is not uh, is not really terribly terribly stiff. I mean, it's not like a uh, a bumping rod or a drifting rod or something like that, but uh, they they're pretty. They're horsey. I mean, if he takes off on you, you can't stop it. It ain't because you won't have enough rod and stuff. It, it'll be because you ain't got enough uh, stuff in your rompers to turn him around.
0: All I know is Lyleson sent me the <laughs> stiffest rod I've ever seen. That's what that is. <laughs> That's a 4060 heavy action. Yeah. So uh, the stiffer the better, Justin. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh flatheads uh, you know they they cannot stand light um any any sort of light at night uh, so if you're trying to get one in the boat and you know you don't have that net out ready and you want to try to take a peek at him when he's a few feet underwater and he's about five foot from the boat if you hit him with that light something's gonna give he's fixing to cut out you're gonna he's gonna break your line he's gonna take drag That's right or something so you be ready and I've even heard guys say that they use spotlights to keep them out of log jams and out of structure if they're bank fishing and if that flatheads going down the bank and he looks like he's heading for some cover they'll they'll stick that spotlight and they'll light that cover up with that light and that flathead will turn Away from that light and go back out into the middle of the river. He won't go toward that light. Nope. So um, that you know that's that's a good tip. I've never tried it. I hope to one day. But um, I, I've tried you know shining a light on them when they get close to the boat, and I've lo- lost quite a few that way. They will um, you know they'll 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 break something to get away from you.
2: Yeah, they're,
0: they're in business. They're not fooling around. On a serious note, uh, I did that that the rod that I the last rod that I got from you that it was a real real stiff rod. It was a Catfish Week, Weekly rod that Lyle had just sort of uh, put together and asked me if I wanted. and I said yeah, and he he told me it was a real stiff rod and everything, and uh, I did, I took it to uh, Wheeler with uh, Ron Streeter for the for the fishing with Ron and Gary Turner, and I didn't catch anything big on it or anything, but it's a good rod i really i still like it it's definitely still usable for for big fish fishing and drifting and things like that
2: well it it is and that's one that that i ordered in for a guy and and he didn't like it after well he didn't even get it he never was sent but he decided he wanted to go a different way and i just built him a different rod and that was sitting here wrapped it just didn't have a decal on it i thought well you know, it was yellow, and I try not to do them if I can keep from it. But, uh, you know, I, I thought that with that Catfish Weekly decal on, it looked pretty nice.
0: <laughs> well, Kentner says that he loves hitting a flathead with a spotlight while uh, his friends are in it in. He, <laughs> he gets called all kinds of names, not not appropriate for repeating.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right.
0: You know, I, one of the cool things about a flathead, too, is the way they hit. And I've only had one flathead hit differently, and it was actually the flathead my wife caught. But they hit so slow and methodical. It's not. It's almost as if a log is just rolling down the river and grabs your line and just starts pulling your pole. You know, I mean, they don't normally take it and just go screaming anywhere. Uh, they're so, I guess they're so confident and, and so dominant in an area, they don't ever really feel threatened or anything, and they're not skittish or something, uh, I guess, except for by the light maybe, but yeah, I mean, the, I, the last flathead that I caught, decent sized flathead, it was about a, I want to say a 25 or so pound flathead my wife caught, I thought it was a gar, we were on the Ohio River, and we had clickers on, and, and uh, I had actually anchored up on the upriver side of a, a parked barge, and we were throwing underneath the barge. And I threw one bait way up on the corner of it, actually not underneath it, but more on the side of it. And that rod, just like, you know, like a gar, when a gar hits your line uh, with a clicker on, it's just more of a
1: zzzz,
0: <laughs> and it it did that. And I told her, I said, you got a gar on, and, uh you know, she she reeled it in, and we got it up to the side of the boat. And, and as soon as it seems the side of the boat, like Lyle said, every flathead ever, as soon as it gets to the top of the water, it's like, nope. And that was when the fight is normally on. And, uh, yeah, it ended up being about 25 pound flathead. And it just was really shocking. It's the only flathead I've ever caught that, that hit like that, that as compared to the slow, you know, drag down.
2: Well, like I got say the, the best one I ever caught, it just, the line got slack and I didn't think I was ever going to catch up to it. When I did, it was directly under the boat and it was headed down the river. We was below the dam. And, uh, I had, I had throwed this uh, five-inch bluegill or whatever it was up in the the eddy where the, the current is slack, and I guess it was just waiting up there for it. It wasn't very long, and it just took off, and I I thought maybe the sinker had moved, and I started reeling it up, and pretty soon I couldn't catch up with it. So now I'm in panic mode, you know, and uh, I get caught up with it, and then I can't lift it up off the bottom. And, and uh, I, I don't remember now. It was around 50 or something. Maybe a little more of that. Maybe a little less. We waited and took pictures of it, but I, I don't remember now. But that's a couple of years ago. Uh, but they're, they're, <laughs> blues fight extremely hard, and they use the current to their advantage, like all fish do. But uh, when you're when you got one that is is stone cold down on the bottom and you can't lift it up, most of the time it will be a big flathead. Most of the time
1: yeah that's uh, after I caught that 58 pounder that's when I, I, I really started saving up and, and trying to get better gear um, cause I, I caught him on a 5600 C4 in a uh, ugly stick catfish rod one of them white ones that cost $30 uh, and uh, had 17 pound Berkeley big game on there it took me 45 minutes to get him in I was by myself <laughs> and um, I had to I had to drive him about a quarter, uh, It's probably about a, a, a half a mile total to get pictures taken. And I would drive down the river a little bit, and I'd lift him out the side of the boat and hang on to him for a minute. And then I'd hurry and pull him back in the boat, and I'd cut out <laughs> down the river a little bit more, and I'd stop and I'd put him back in the water for a little bit. And uh, I was going to make sure he wasn't going to die. It took me forever to get in. And I'd done called the campground, and everybody, there was like 30 people down there waiting on me when I got there. And uh, they thought I was bullcrapping because I hadn't showed up yet. And uh, when, when I got there, I was, but I, I was so nervous, man, because I'd seen him probably three or four times. And every time I'd get him close to the boat, he would about spool me. And, uh, you know, them, them, 50, them 56, I mean, them uh, 5,000 series, they, they don't have a whole lot of line capacity on them. And, um, you know, I got down pretty close to, uh, being able to see the spool a couple of times and, uh, I would catch back up with him and I had him in open water, at uh, 60, I was around 60 foot straight down, but the, the ledge went up to about 12 foot in the side and he got up in there a few times, but I thought for sure I was going to lose him. And then, uh, 45 minutes later, I finally got him in the boat and, um, he was about as wore out as I was. But, you know, uh,
0: the, go ahead.
1: That That's when I decided I needed bigger stuff, and uh, I won't ever give up that uh, that combo I caught him on. I've still got uh, four of them exactly alike, but uh, I don't ever put big baits on them anymore.
2: I was, uh, up until that, that one that we got below the dam, I had... Uh, Fish Truman Lake on the Osage Arm, on the, of the Osage River uh, a lot uh, we lived in Springfield and I'd run up there as an hour and a half drive and I'd, I'd go up there a lot of times by myself and it was a real rainy cloudy day and I'd been catching these blues just one after another and uh, I had some live bluegill and I actually was catching some blues on those live bluegill and I got a really nice and I again I, I don't remember 35-40 years so fish uh, on and got her up to the boat. It was right before spawn. She's right next to the bank and uh, she wouldn't fit in the net that I had in the boat and I'll never forget that because when you're by yourself you instantly go into panic mode and uh i'm trying to get the get the net over her and it would go over her head but it, she had her pectoral fin stuck straight out and it wouldn't go over them and i tried to wiggle it and couldn't get it on there and and uh, i reached down and tried to get her by the mouth and the hook was got me and i said that'd be enough of that you know so the next thing is that i'm bouncing her with that rod up and down and finally get the net underneath her of her, of her tail and just drag her over the side to get her in the boat but uh You've got to have equipment, and, and since then, I've got giant nets. I mean, a lot of times they're too big for the fish that we use them on, but I'd rather have it that way than not be able to get one because that fish, uh, if it hadn't have been hooked so good around the bottom lip, I'd have probably lost that fish not being able to net it correctly. So get the right equipment.
0: He's lying. He was there. He was filming. What? <laughs> Hot tub
2: oh. and leather chaps. Heath. Fudge, yep. you got to tell us about this hot tub. And leather. Is that the same night that you and Rob was wearing that whisker wear top and bottom?
0: Might as well be. It's a story, so I guess it can go wherever <laughs> it needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, wasn't,
1: that, that wasn't that cabin one at Winter Blues, was
0: it? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> I ain't so sure. No hot tub there. <laughs> mmm wowza wowza now
1: i heard i heard, I heard uh, cabin one got pretty crazy
2: so
0: that's what they say yeah that's what they say
2: i i got something else that doesn't pertain to flatheads that i'd like to mention um tonight and now's probably as good time as any we had a tournament this past weekend and um Louisiana, Missouri, there's some pretty decent fish caught down there. Everybody says you can't catch big fish. Well, you can. You just got to find them. I mean, uh, we didn't find them, but uh, uh, Brad Pruitt and uh, uh, lost for words here. Anyhow, th- they got in some really nice blues and, and stuff and, and uh, had a had a great way in. We we chose to go a different direction uh, and we went up by the Saberton Dam and, and I know I know there's some guys from the Missouri Department of Conservation that watch our show. I know that. They've told me they do. So, fellas, get out from your office, get in your boat, and run up to the Sabernan Dam and see those nets and trot lines and all those commercial guys that are taking thousands and thousands of pounds of fish out every day they won't even leave their nets and stuff. They're staying there 24 hours a day and checking them every hour or two and taking them over behind the old Dikes and kicking out the fish they don't want and putting the rest of them in. And they take them to their truck and they haul them out and they go back in a couple of hours and get them again. Yeah, Josh Depriest was the other guy. Thanks, Cindy. Uh, they had a really nice way in. But you guys, that is that river is not just Illinois because they're parked on the, on the Illinois bank. They're using the Missouri ramps to access that water. And you can check them and make sure we know that Illinois doesn't has them guys on honor system. They are cleaning our fish out. So do your job, please, and get this fixed. Thank you.
0: All right. I know, Chuck, you had a little bit that you wanted to talk about, too. Uh,
1: yes. Um, there's been a bill... Uh, it's a House Bill 258, HB 258. I've put a couple of uh, a couple of links on the uh, chat tonight. The the first one I put up um, right around seven o'clock. It's a list of our senators. Um, the The second one I put up is just where you can go. Uh, you can click on this link. You can download the bill. Um, and you can actually read what the bill's is saying. Um, it's been going on a couple of weeks ago. We found out that it snuck its way into the, uh, the House, and it was voted for unanimous. Um, so it went on to the Senate, and they're trying to get gillnets back on the Tennessee River and its tributaries. Um, so that will be very devastating for catfish, bass, crappie, anything that will get caught in them. You know they're supposed to throw the game fish back. They're not worried about catfish at all because catfish is not a game fish in Alabama. That's true. So, you know, they're going to be getting drum, um, catfish, and um, spoonbill. Um, and, you know, and these bass and stuff will get in them. They're not worried about them. They'll grab them by the tail. They'll pull them through these gill nets backwards and about pull their gills completely around their head. And um, you know, it, they'll they'll just float around, swim off, or whatever they do. They're not going to take their time getting these fish out. Um, you know it. Uh, they've been using them on the Tennessee River in Alabama for a long time when we we finally got them out of here. Um, But somehow they're saying that there's a lot of families up in North Alabama that have relied on them for years, We're taking money out of their households because they're not not able to provide for their family because they want to use gill nets to, to fish to feed their family with and uh they're, they're trying to grab the hearts of these senators and um, these house guys and get this thing passed again so if you would you can get on the um the link i put on there that has a list of our senators and uh you you can look them up send them emails and uh just tell them what you think tell them how much you love coming to alabama and and fishing the tennessee river um because the other places around the United States has, has been devastated, and um, you know they're going to be losing a lot of business by by tourism if if they if this gets passed. Um,
2: well, you know, uh, not to interrupt you, Chuck, but uh, the, these guys have used gill nets and stuff on the Mississippi River for for a long time, and they have they you're right they do not care. What kind of damage they do to what fish, whether they have to throw it back or not, and it's a shame. It's a crying shame that Alabama does not consider a catfish a game fish. It is more of a game. You're not ever going to convince me, I don't care what state it's in, that a 20-pound flathead or blue is not more of a game fish than any 10-pound bass. I mean, uh, that would be... It's like a gay fish. I mean, it can't fight like a catfish. A twenty-pound go up there and have him for dinner. How can you not classify that as a game fish? I mean, that's just crazy.
0: I mean, and what classifies a fish as a game fish is the uh, amount of anglers that are actively pursuing them on in a Missouri, basis. Catfish, In
2: Missouri, catfish is number one fish fish
0: for. In most states, it's in it's, the catfish is like two of the top five. The two there's two are the top three yeah so I mean it, it's 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 always been a highly uh you know targeted fish for for um sport anglers you know for for sport i mean they're they're game fish they're sport fish um they're they're just as much of a fight and you know or more of a fight than most any other fish out there and you know the, it, it's just more of the stereotypes I think that has kept it down for as long as it has and, and I think exactly it's starting right. to
2: change and when these states will say if, if, and I don't care if it's Missouri or Alabama or Illinois or whatever it is if they would sit back and look at the amount of revenue that they take just off of catfishing that, you know it'll be they'll be amazed at what they're losing by letting these commercial guys rape these rivers and send these fish over to these uh I'm going to give myself a trouble here, Ben. I'm getting a little excited. These pay lakes, because uh, these ass clowns are just, they're, all they're doing is killing these fish and making money off of what is belongs to the public. And I don't care what, the, what it is. Anybody that lets them cross state lines with a live fish not only should the people taking them across the state line be prosecuted, but any officer or official that has anything to do with not getting them laws changed should be prosecuted also. If you take a deer or a rabbit or a squirrel across state line, you're going to jail. It's no different with a fish. They are wildlife. They belong to the public. Unless you catch it, to eat it, or do... Whatever you do with it, but it's not for sale to be taken across state lines without commercial license, and that's another law that needs to be fixed. Now, officials, you stand up and take notice to what people want to do. That's your job. That's why you are put in those positions.
0: Yeah, like, like we've said before, if it was deer, if it was just about any other species that has more recognition, it'd be put, a, it'd be stopped in a heartbeat. Absolutely. You know, it, I mean, nobody's going to say. Yeah, it's okay for an Illinois high fence farm to come down to Alabama, take our deer, take a a trailer full of them at a time, all the way back to Illinois, and and let people pay five thousand dollars a day to come hunt these trophy deer or whatever. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's silly. The whole concept of even thinking that it's all right and allowing it for any state that's doing it right now. It's silly. I mean, there's there's got to be easier ways to, to prevent this from happening. You know, them guys that want to have
2: these pay lakes, there is a place for them. And, and I may have said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I lost a nephew last year that was paralyzed from his chest down. He was in a wheelchair. He used to get in his wheelchair, and he'd go down the blacktop road, to a pay lake because that's all he could fish and he would sit there all day they'd go wake him up out of his wheelchair but make sure he was okay check on him they was the greatest people to nathan that the world has ever known they took good care of him but if you want to have a pay lake raise your own fish stop stealing the fish out of the rivers even if you got commercial license, those commercial licenses are for harvest for you to sell to people to eat. They are not for you to take to other states or to any state as, and put it in a pond and not feed them and watch them die after they've caught to it three times, and you profit off
0: of them. That's not what
2: commercial fishing's for.
0: No. All right, Chuck, uh, go ahead. and If you got a closing statement or anything, go ahead and go with that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we got a uh, a little tournament. Uh, D- Daniel with a Alabama Catfish Trail. He's he's going to be having a tournament on May second on Bankhead. That's a um, that that's a small pool on the Warrior River. Um, that's where we was talking about that. There's two major records come out of there. Uh, but it's going to be a day tournament from seven a.m. to four p.m. at Franklin's Ferry. Um, so if any of y'all want to come down and fish it, um, he'll he'll be ready for you. He puts on a very good show and uh, and a very good service for us guys to fish, and um, we're trying to get more participants. So come join us, and this is a real good time. That's all I got.
2: All right. Lyle. well, Well, I, I, again, I want to you quadru- congratulate josh to and brad Pruitt on the win at louisiana they had some really nice fish uh boys you guys you don't think there's any fish other than below the alton dam you're you're badly mistaken the last two tournaments we down there had some really good fish brought in so the fish are there you just got to find them take if you spend as much time up here as you spend down there fishing you'd find them up here too uh maybe not the numbers but they're here Fishing was tough over the weekend, but you know we all had a good time, and and uh, and that's what it's all about. Uh, the next tournament we're having is, I believe, May second in Burlington, Iowa. It'll be a channel cat tournament up there. We was up there and had the benefit up that area last year for Calvin Myers, and it's a great place to catch some really nice channel cat. Uh, our area. Doesn't hold the channel cat in sizes of a lot of areas around, but that's one of the better areas. So come join us at Twisted Cat Outdoors. We we'll having that tournament up there. Um, I, I want to just want to mention one more thing, and I know I've been kind of bad about this tonight, but these commercial guys are killing our rivers. Uh, if you guys are in my area, St. Louis north to the Iowa line, if you see places where these guys are in there, if call me, send me a text, send me a message. I'm, I've got the video camera ready to go. I We've got to get something stopped on this. When these guys are hauling boatloads and boatloads of fish out of there, the only way we can do it is to get names, numbers, pictures, videos, stuff, and get it to the MDC and say, okay, boys, now we've done your job for you, get some laws passed, and that's what I intend to do. And anybody else that wants to do that, I'll be glad to present that stuff to them for you. I'm in contact with them all the time. But this uh you can't even put a boat over by the bank on the Illinois side of the Mississippi River below Sabre to Dam because of the nets and the, the lines and, and that's just completely ridiculous. It just it is just silly. And and I know that there is some people that are holding fish in Missouri for other states to take the Pay Lakes. And I promise you, fellas, if I find out who you are, I will turn you in to the conservation department. If I could possibly get pictures or video, I will see that you are hung from the highest tree, whatever I can do, because you, you are killing us. You, you don't realize it. Uh, it's a few hundred dollars off of a fish. is nothing compared to what the devastation you're doing to our rotters, at, and I'm, I'm tired
0: of it. That's it for me. All right. Um, again, uh, I'll go ahead and mention that uh, Rob did say he was having some problems with the uh, um, with an order, I guess, for, for his uh, shirts and things like that with whiskerware Apparel. So, uh, just you know, don't panic if you don't get your order right away. Um, he's definitely got it in the works being fixed, and you'll get your stuff out. Um, The ICA has a tournament on um, the 25th. The ICA's next tournament is going to be at Worthington, Indiana. Um, It's going to be a daytime tournament, so 7:30 in the morning till 5:30. Um, Five fish limit, $60 entry fee. Um, We did have an interesting situation this week. And I, I go ahead and try to explain it to people here now. Um, when I created the rule for the ten-dollar um, one-day membership, I didn't think about the people that would would be doing that and fishing with a full member. Um, what we did this this past tournament, and this is going to be this past tournament only, was instead of a ten percent of the um, if you were to win and be a, a one-day trial member, 10% goes to the club. Since you had a one-day member and a um, full member, we decided we'd just split that and do 5%. Nobody got into the money that was a, with a one-day member, so it didn't didn't matter this week. But for all future tournaments, um, if you are a full member and you fish with a one-day member, you're basically going to agree that no matter what, if you get in the money, the 10% of that money is going back to the club. You either have that option or your one-day member person can get a full membership and you can get all of the money that goes to the winner or goes to your place or whatever. Um, but So if you have any questions on that or anything like that, you feel free to send me a message on Facebook. I can try to explain it and make sure you understand. Uh, it's pretty easy, um, but it was just in a situation I didn't think about beforehand, uh, which happens sometimes. Uh, but we dealt with it just fine. and we got the plan for action for the rest of the tournaments, and that's just how it is. So um, there won't be any, you know, so you did it this one time, we're going to do it again. No, it ain't going to happen. It's either agreed to that or don't fish the tournament. Um, I got something.
2: Yep. I I know you want to finish up here, but uh, Chad Wall said extreme catfishing, April 25th, Madison, Indiana. Uh, May ninth May in Troy, Indiana and, and there's one other thing I got a message and and I really think that I ought to put this on here that uh, there is a rumor that you was disqualified for the tournament the other day for um, a takeoff thing and I wish you'd explain that to us please
0: uh, Heath is a doofus and that's all there is <laughs> to it <laughs> well, yeah,
2: well, yeah, well, I don't know enough about that but <laughs>
0: I wasn't disqualified. He tried to say I was.
2: <laughs> you, you have no idea the messages I get about you, man. What'd you do, Fudd?
0: I didn't do nothing. I may have took off a little faster in the awake zone, but the buoys are messed up, man. They had the buoys all angry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I could He was telling me about
2: this, and I'm reading, and you're trying to close, and I couldn't stop myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, what about a
2: what about a picture for you this week?
0: Yeah, I'm, I was getting ready to say too. Uh, um, if you guys, I'll let I'll let Lyle and Chuck, and I guess if you guys have a picture of me that you want uh, to see done for the caption contest, you can you know send it to them and tell them. That that's the picture you want to do. And then tonight or tomorrow, I'll put the picture up for me and we'll do the caption contest uh, for me for this week. Uh, we'll, again, we'll choose the winner next week. So, um, yeah, Alan Pickett said Arizona's uh, largest catfish tournament, the Fat Cat Classic, 5th uh, annual, will be held at Bartlett Lake, Arizona, May 1st and 2nd. Trophies, cash prizes, raffle prizes, catfishaz.com. Check it out. Now, Chris, um, yep. We you, you're you in Indiana, I'm in Missouri, Chuck
2: is in Alabama. Alan Pickett, thank you very much. You're from Arizona for watching our show. We appreciate it very much. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsors. I know Rob uh, is having a little bit of printing problem, but you guys need to go over there and check out Wish Square Apparel. He's, he really does a lot for our sport. But thank you from Arizona for so being on, listening to the show, and 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 talking about your tournaments down there. We appreciate it much.
0: Yeah, so I'll quit interrupting you. No problem. It's uh, I I think uh, besides the April twenty fifth tournament, I, I won't go on any further. I mean, we we've, we've got plenty of weeks before that we'll be able to tell you. Um, I will congratulate Casey and Johnny, Casey Tudor and John Master, uh, for winning that at Morse Reservoir this Saturday. I'm gonna tell you guys right now, <laughs> and it, I'm not gonna keep thanking you guys. I'm, I, I'm, you ain't gonna keep winning. I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> that's boys all boys to that. Them boys are animals. Uh, congratulations, you guys.
2: I, you're awesome. I mean, uh, hey, a couple of not, young guys like that have take the world
0: by storm, and they just got it going on. Well, they're getting beat. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Fred's gonna put the beat down on them. That's right. boy. It will be happening. Metamora, Metamora, this weekend. Is that the? I think that might be the South, uh, Southern Indiana Catfish Tournament Trail. Uh, or it's Medora or something. Here, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. I got it on my phone. Um, I will be at that tournament too. Um what is today? Okay. Medora. It's Medora on the White River. Medora, Indiana. Southern Indiana catfish tournament. I'll be at that. Those are eighty dollar entry fees with a ten dollar big fish. Um and river probably still up down there, so
2: I I wasn't gonna interrupt you, but will you please explain the chaps holding the banana thing?
0: I have no idea what that even is.
2: Well, it has to do... Somebody knows about it. They're just making crap up right now. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe that anybody would do that. Watching I know.
1: Chap, <laughs> what now? He was wearing chaps holding a banana. Yeah.
0: In a hot, in a hot tub. Uh. Rob wearing our whisker wear <laughs> undies. Uh. Well,
1: I know you won't bring one a banana in the boat, so
0: no well, I don't a banana in the boat. The hot tub's not a boat, but it's still water. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: All right guys. I need to go walleye fishing. I'm leaving. I'm going walleye oh, fishing. Oh so. man. What
2: are you gonna do I if your some...
0: spot? If nobody's in my spot <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but yeah, so you guys know about the advertising? Advertising still available. Um. thanks everybody that showed up for the chat tonight it, it was slow starting but everybody showed up pretty quick so uh, thanks again for coming well, I know we got people from all over not just Arizona we got guys from a Come lot of here. states so uh, it it means you, so
2: much. It, it really does, you know. And and we probably don't say it near enough. But uh, you guys listening to what we have to say and and watching the show means a great deal to all of us. We we like we said before, we don't do it for the money. We do it because we enjoy doing it, and evidently you guys are enjoying it too. So it makes it work out really well. Thank you all.
0: And you get and you, you listen to, to yeah. us vent and and complain about everything, and and Can you're right do. there with us yeah we do yeah, the,
2: same,
1: <laughs> the same thing happened last year with you know it don't get dark until nine o'clock so you know everybody's outside doing something don't even notice we're on uh you know but we're still here we'll still be on until <laughs> 8 eight thirty. so if you come in early enough come on out and see us
0: all right um trying to make sure i'm not forgetting anything i don't think i am so uh, see you guys next week. If you got, like I said, if you got a picture that you want them to to do the caption contest, send it to them. Um, they'll they'll let me know and either tonight or tomorrow I'll put a picture up of me and you guys do the caption contest and and uh, we'll pick a winner next week. So until next week, everybody stay out of my spot unless you send me twenty dollars, then you can fish it or bait. Yeah, or yeah, I guess some bait. <laughs> send me moon eye. It's got to be moon eye. <laughs> I want moonai. All right. See you guys later. Stay on my spot.